Welcome to the Almighty God and Gospel Girl podcast. Each week, you'll hear testimonies that turned failures into hope, despair into inspiration, and darkness into light, as well as actionable tips and strategies that you can implement in your daily life to overcome obstacles that can detour our Christian walk. Galatians 6.2 tells us to carry each other's burdens, and in this way, you will fulfill the law of Christ. Thanks for spending some time with us today. Now here's your host, the Gospel Girl, Tammy Becker. Grasp that for a moment, the sea, the sand, the rocks, the birds, the fish, the waves, God created every detail, every molecule, every grain, every crevice, feather, and gill. He made the entire scene. And then he went even further. He gave us his son who provided a way for us to live forever. Hi everyone, Tammy Becker here. And this week our reading is Exodus chapter 36 through Exodus 18. Yes, it's a long one and it's filled with a lot of stuff. And the topic from these chapters that I have felt led to touch on this week is details, details, and more details, and a tad bit about the holiness of Yahweh. So the title this week is God is in the details, and Exodus is all about that for sure. It's easy to read through the first half of Exodus like a storybook. Moses is in his humble reed basket being taken in the beautiful Egyptian princess, that flaming burning bush, wild plagues that matched the Egyptian idols and the Israelites' spectacular escape. And then comes the later half, covenants and laws, rules and instructions. And it can seem to so, you know, many that it's just antiquated and could even like leave the reader tempted to skim. But what I read is a fascinating story of Yahweh and how his love and communication with his people became known through the beautiful archaeological designs. These chapters are steeped. And I mean they are steeped, rich in history and cultural significance, which is certainly worthy of the study on its own. But in reading through Exodus recently, I was wowed by something even more simple, all the details. So moreover, you shall make the tabernacle with the tin curtains of fine woven linen and blue, purple, and scarlet thread. With artistic designs of cherubim, you shall weave them. Exodus 26.1 When God relayed his vision for the tabernacle, it didn't come in vague and half-baked ideas. He was specific and incredibly detailed. The loops on the curtains, the clasp on the loops, the colors of the thread, the links, the widths. I mean, it's all there. You must make it according to all that I show you, the pattern of the tabernacle as well as the pattern of all its furnishings, Exodus 25, 9. In Exodus, right amidst these precious instructions and patterns, we meet the God, Yahweh, 
of details. The God who takes Israel's hand and says, here, this is exactly how I want you to do it. This thread, that many loops, these bronze clasps. So for an idea, I found this 3D video interpretation. Take a look at the video posted on my website to accompany this podcast at youministries.com. It is amazing to take a look at what have looked like. So what purpose did the tabernacle in Exodus serve and what was the meaning behind the tabernacle in Exodus? Until the time of Solomon, the tabernacle offered a temporary proper worship space for the Israelites and a temporary house for God. Symbolism had a great deal of importance in Israelite culture and so all of the elements within the tabernacle would have had a deep meaning and it also allowed the Israelites to dwell with God and draw closer to him. So how could we relate Exodus to our lives today? Sometimes people say that God is too big or too busy with more important things to be concerned with. And sometimes it's inconsequential as the details in, you know, to be involved in our lives. But this sentiment is not biblical. God absolutely cares about the little things that happen in our lives. To gain some perspective, we must first understand that every thing is little compared to God. He created the entire universe. But the question of whether God cares is more fundamentally about the depth of his love than it is about the breadth of his power or the importance of a particular detail. Throughout the Bible, we see evidence that God cares deeply about our lives. God's attention to detail is still extremely important because it means that there isn't anything in our life that God overlooks or doesn't care about. Whether it is your health, your job, your family, that nagging pain in your back, or the fact that those around you are hurting, none of it is outside of God's care and control. God controls and cares about every aspect of our life, and he is far more capable to handle all of it than we are. So perhaps the most convincing passage is Luke 12 verses 6 through 7. Are not five sparrows sold for two pennies and not one of them is forgotten before God? Why even the hairs of your head are all numbered. Fear not You are of more value than many sparrows. God remembers birds that people sell for next to nothing. They are of small consequence to humans, yet are remembered by God. Jesus tells us we are worth much more than that. Of course, God cares. He cares enough to number the hairs on our heads. So no matter what is happening, Yahweh cares about his people. He never leaves his children. Scripture tells us God knows what is going on in our lives and is faithful. Now, for us who live in 2022, instead of ancient biblical times, what does this have to do with us? Why does God's attention to detail matter? 
Well, the truth and understanding should lead us to lean completely on God because he cares for us and he is paying attention to detail that we often forget or details that we let consume us. So when life gets too overwhelming or all of the details start to stress you out, don't let the anxiety and stress with the day. Rather, do what Peter calls us to do in 1 Peter 5 verses 6 and 7. Humble yourself. Therefore, under the mighty hand of God, so that he may exalt you at the proper time, casting all your cares on him, because he cares about you. You see, God is faithful, Philippians 1.6. He is able, Ephesians 3.20. And he is working to bring you closer to himself, Exodus 29.46. We can trust that he is in control and that he is far more capable than we are. So rather than focusing on things beyond our control, we can fix our eyes on the only person who controls everything, our Heavenly Father, who seeks to have a relationship with us and gives us rest from worry. So God is in the details. So have you given your details to God to figure out? Yes, He knows them already, but when we hand them over to Him, something wonderful happens. He arranges them in a bigger picture with a broader view to help us work out of our futile processes. He got, he, you know, he's got the plan. It's purposeful. And we may not see the bigger picture as clearly as oceanfront views, maybe, but we can trust that he sees it and he is working it out and we'll see that it too is good. Therefore, I tell you, don't worry about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink or about your body, what you will wear. Isn't life more than food and the body more than clothing? Consider the birds of the sky. They don't sow or reap or gather into barns, yet your heavenly father feeds them. Aren't you worth more than they are? Can any of you add one moment to this lifespan by worrying? And why do you worry about clothes? Observe how the wild flowers of the fields grow. They don't labor or spin thread. Yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all his splendor was adorned like one of these. If that's how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and thrown into the furnace tomorrow, won't he do much more for you? You have little faith, so don't worry, saying, what will we eat, or what will we drink, or what will we wear? For the Gentiles eagerly seek all of these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be provided for you. Matthew 6, verses 25 through 33. Something to live by. Let's jump in real quick about some discussion about the holiness of Yahweh. God is holy, as we saw in our readings. God is holy, just, and jealous. And we must learn to love and fear him for these powerful personal attributes. Here's an idea, a story that I think that you might be able to relate to with some of the scripture that we have read. Parents must teach their children from a very early age not to play with fire, right? Children must learn that all sources of fire are dangerous and potentially deadly. 
But just because the fire can be unsafe doesn't mean that it is always bad. Fire is a very helpful asset to humanity as it warms our houses, it cooks our food, and it does other essential things. The point of every parent's lesson is not to do away with fire, but to teach a healthy fear and respect for its power. In the same way, God's holiness, justice, and jealousy are beneficial as well as dangerous. In Leviticus 8 through 10, the two priests played with fire and God's holiness resulting in their death. If you remember in Leviticus 8, in the beginning of the time of the celebration for the nation of Israel, up to this point, God has chosen them as his people. He freed them from the Egyptian slavery and taught them how to be his kingdom citizens. That's Exodus 25 through 40. Here, God commands Moses to ceremonially set apart the sons of Aaron for the holy priesthood. Moses did so by having them washed, changed into new clothes, anointed with oil, and with blood sacrifices on the bronze altar. And then on the eighth day, the excitement, anticipation, and expectation heightened. If they had done everything right, the glory of the Lord would fall and consume these final sacrifices made on behalf of the priests, sinners before God like all the other Israelites. Sure enough, the glory of the Lord fell as the fire from heaven and consumed the sacrifices. The people responded with shouts falling on their faces. Leviticus 9, 22-24. So the holiness of God is dangerous to disobeyers. That We read that in Leviticus 10. Notice what happens directly after the ceremonial consecration of the priests. Aaron's sons, Nab and Abihu, hope I said that right, made fire mixed with incense in their priestly pans. But something went very wrong. Moses writes that their fire offering was unauthorized worship before God. It could have been that it was unlawfully entered into the Holy of Holies, or perhaps they were drunk when they were making the fire before the Lord, or it could simply be that God didn't command them to make the fire first at the time. Whatever the reason is, it was unauthorized worship. The Lord consumed the two priests just as he had previously consumed the sacrifices offered on their behalf. Their father Aaron was stunned, but he held his peace. Ten and then so the holiness of Jesus is accounted to the believers so in Hebrews 4 14 through 16 this is what we see we cannot play around with worshiping our holy God he takes it seriously and so must we we must not offer him worship in any unauthorized way and as he not only hates it, but pours out his wrath against it. We must only offer worship to God through his son, Jesus Christ. Jesus isn't only the son of God, but also our high priest. Okay. He only offered one sacrifice and one offering to God, his own body. It was such a pleasing offering to God that it was the last one he required. Now, every one that believes in the high priest Jesus is fully forgiven by God. If Jesus is our high priest and we as Christians are in Christ, then we are priests to God. We are his chosen servants, authorized to draw near to him and provide spiritual care for God's 
people. All right, how about some life lessons we can take from our reading in Leviticus? Number one, appreciate the holiness of God. In the Old Testament, the people of God had to go through great lengths to experience acceptance from his holiness. And today, God has accepted us through the gospel of Jesus and his holiness. And as you read the Old Testament, thank God for the new covenant that he has provided through Jesus. Jesus has fulfilled the old covenant so that we can enjoy life in the new covenant. Number two, although God views Christians through the gospel, never lose a healthy fear of the holiness, justice, and jealousy of God for his own glory. And never take God's grace for granted as he continues to hate sin and disciplines Christians who disobeys. And number three, if you are a priest to God through our high priest, Jesus, you have full access to God's throne. You are authorized and called to minister to God's people. You are responsible to make your body as a living sacrifice to God through the sacrifice of Jesus. So this week, do your own word study in the New Testament on the priesthood of the believer and find out what you come up with. So the conclusion idea for the holiness as a member of the church, we are like stones being built up to make God's temple. We are to be holy priesthoods that offer spiritual sacrifices to God through Christ, 1 Peter 2.5. In God's temple, every stone is important. In our churches, we are only as healthy and powerful as our weakest members. Every believer within our churches is a priest to God. Each of us must be striving to draw near to God love one another, and minister to those in our community. So how do we do this? Through Jesus Christ alone, our great priest. And you didn't think I forgot about your rabbit trails for this week. All right, here's your rabbit trails to dig in and do an investigative deep dive. If you're reading a Bible story that doesn't seem to tell much or leaves out more details than you'd prefer, do a word study on the names of everyone mentioned therein for additional insight. You will be amazed at the meaning of the names and how they specifically relate to what is going on in the passage. Test it out with this first scripture, Exodus 36.1, as the scripture lists the two men that appeared to be at the forefront of the builders of the tabernacle. Their names are... Bezala Ahilab, and I'm probably said those incorrectly. Please have grace with me with those. But Exodus 36, one, you'll find those names. Now these names are pretty darn special. And let's hear a drum roll. They're building the Father's Tabernacle, which is the most elaborate tent of its kind. So each name has a special meaning. And no, I'm not telling you this is part of your deep dive. So while you're there, how do you think these two got their skills? Also, another question. Leviticus five through seven, which all discusses the Asham offering translates as a guilt offering. Now this was for ignorant sin. There are four categories of this offering. An interesting note here, Yahweh specifically told the prophet Isaiah that the Messiah would offer himself up as the Asham offering. Look, Leviticus 5 through 7 to discover the four categories for this offering and what they mean. Now, additional scriptures I've put on my website to accompany this podcast to reference and discuss the Asham offering. There's eight of them. 
And I have them listed, Leviticus 5, 1 through 13, Leviticus 5, 15 through 19, Numbers 6, 12, Isaiah 53, 10, John 1, 29, John 1, 36, 1 Peter 3, 18, Leviticus 7, 11 through 34, Leviticus 7, 23 and 25. So key points to remember. The Messiah would be an ashram offering. Connect all the dots. Isn't it so much fun to start seeing all the symbols and the parallels and the connections being made when you start doing these investigative deep dives? They are so much fun. So folks, that's it for today. Don't forget to remember to see my disclaimer on the bottom of every podcast and on my website um, to test everything. And uh, don't take my word for it. Dive into your Bible. Look up this stuff, read your Bible, and don't forget to check out everything on the website, www.youministries.com, where everything is posted there for you. All the links of everything I talked about, pictures. Yep, go check it out. I hope that you'll come back next week and when our next episode will air, and that will be next Thursday. So God bless you guys. Have a great week. This is Tammy Becker. See you next time. Bye. Thanks for tuning in to another weekly episode of the Almighty God and Gospel Girl podcast. If you have a testimony you would like to share with us, please contact us through our website at youministries.com. That's Y-O-U-Ministries.com. Until next week, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make His face shine on you and be gracious to you. May the Lord turn His face toward you and give you peace.